what do you do when your creativity feels low? I would say the first place I always go is the insights. Yeah. I want to know the data. Yeah. So what have we done in the past that's performed well and mm. why? Hello, my name is Jara. I'm the founder and managing director of Jampact Agency and you are listening to the Jampact podcast. As the title of today's episode suggests, today we are going to be talking about Instagram. By now, I'm sure we've all seen the power of Instagram and what it can do for businesses of any shape and size. It's something that I'm so passionate about, especially because it literally built Jam Packed back in the early days and continues to build us online. And today is a pretty special episode because I have Gabby, our head of social, joining us to unpack the platform with me. She has been with us for two and a half years and has significantly up-leveled the services that we're able to provide through the power of social media for our clients and especially organic Instagram. It's absolutely her jam. So I thought there was no better person to chat all things Instagram with. Today on the episode, what we're going to cover is Gabby's proudest moments in her jam-packed journey the core benefits of Instagram, is it possible to grow organically on Instagram anymore? And if so, how? How to create reels that will actually generate engagement for you. We're going to cover static posts, Instagram stories, humanizing your content, of course, and what to do when your creativity feels low. And we also chat about the vision that we both have for Gem Pact over the next few years as well. So let's dive in. Hello, Gabby. Hello. I'm so excited to have you on the Jam Pack podcast. Oh, thank you. First question I want to know is what's it like to work at Jam Pack? And obviously I'm your boss, so <laughs> please, please go lightly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about this before, but I think we just have such a perfect mix of humans mm-hmm. that it's just we're so blessed that we sort of have such a good crew that gel together so well totally which from you know past jobs and that kind of thing like that's not always the case Mm. so I think it's something that you should be really proud of because it's this culture that we have and like we've you've handpicked this group of Mm. amazing humans who are not only um great people but who are so talented at what they do so I love that I'm good at picking people (laughs) (laughs) she's a good picker yeah it's just so fun and like, don't get me wrong, like, we work hard. Mm. I think there's that misconception that, like, working in social media is, like, this chill, like, mm. easy breezy. Anyone who works in the marketing <laughs> industry knows yes. that is a lie. Our days are jam-packed, <laughs> if, if I may. But, yeah, I think we're just so passionate about what we do. So Totally. Yeah. Yeah, because there definitely has been some stressful times, especially in the organic department. <laughs> Uh, called out. Yeah. <laughs> no, not because of you, but just because the nature of the industry, it can get very yeah. full on. It's, yeah. So it's I think the culture has been what has made all of that still feel okay because yeah. at the end of the day, we've got each other to lean on and we're surrounded by good people. Yeah. I think it, if when you're not surrounded by people that, yeah, you feel have your back, mm. it makes it so much harder. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, when we reflect back on your journey with Jam Packed over the last, is it two and a half years almost? 
That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I should know the answer uh, to that question. When we reflect back on your, yeah, your time with us, what do you feel has been the proudest or most exciting moment for you? It's a good question. I I think what really lights me up at work is when we can identify an opportunity for growth or a way to go like above and beyond for a client and we're able to like snap that up and deliver for them. And similarly, like when we're able to achieve, like not just me, but the whole team, Mm. (laughs) Zoya especially, I would say, (laughs) when we're able to sort of really, really perform and get amazing results for a client, I feel like you then because we work so closely with our clients, we then see the flow on effect of that. And because we have such a relationship with our clients and we work so closely with their businesses, we see the impact that has. Totally. And so I think when you do a really good job and you see it literally impacting Mm. their businesses, Mm. it's just impossible not to feel proud because you just, you're so happy for them and it's just the best, it's the best feeling. Yeah. And I think similarly... Some of my proudest moments have come from looking back and mm. reflecting because we've <laughs> we have come far. Chalk and cheese. <laughs> and like it's never felt, you know, in the moment we never feel like, oh, this is a big shift. I don't mm. think. I think it's sort of this gradual thing. But I love when we sit back and we go, remember when we used to do this? Yeah. <laughs> and so, we cringe. And, and we're we like, cringe. thank God. We're like, wow, things are so much mm. easier now. So I think it's it makes me really proud to look back. And I think you and I both work in this space a lot. And it's something I love about being head of social is that you get the opportunity to like streamline those processes and like make things easier for everyone in the long run. Totally. I think think if we went back to our business (laughs) two and a half years ago and we tried to work a day in the systems (laughs) that we had set up, we would pass away. (laughs) No, thank you. Politely declined. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that makes me really proud as well, just Mm -hmm. seeing – I think we're just always growing and we're yep. so adaptable. I think mm. as social media experts, you have to be adaptable. Totally. So that is such an asset to us in business mm. as well. Mm. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> okay. So now I want to dive into the episode topic and that is Instagram. Yes. I have se- selected you for this particular one because I know how much you love Instagram yes. and you do the most work for Instagram for our clients. Yep. So... What would you say to kick us off are the core benefits of using organic Instagram for business? God, there's so many, isn't there? Mm, I, loaded question. Loaded question. The first thing that always comes to mind when I'm asked a question like this, I don't know about you, but I use Instagram for everything. Mm. Like as a consumer, I use it as a search engine. So yeah. if I'm researching where to eat, I follow all cafes yeah (laughs) i'm traveling like i get all my travel information from Mm. there if i am want to buy an outfit i find all my clothes on there so Mm. even if you just look at your own consumer behavior you can see how important it is for businesses to be showing up on there yeah Um, so i i think it's just such a core touch point for customers like i think it's something that customers refer back to and it helps like build trust, build yeah. loyalty. That's where you do your sort of humanizing mm-hmm. and storytelling. So that's where you have the opportunity to actually connect with your customers and yeah, totally. build that loyalty. And I think as opposed to like your website, for example, it's so much more up to date. Mm-hmm. Like the, the information's relevant. Like mm-hmm. if you use cafes for an example, you know, you might be able to see the daily special on yeah. Instagram. You're never going to see it on the website. Yeah. So I think it just has such a core 
place in your marketing strategy. Yeah, and it's more spontaneous than something like your website as well. Yeah, Yeah. it's just so much more interactive. Mm, Yeah. So Instagram has obviously evolved so much in the last few years. A lot of people seem to complain about how hard it is to grow organically on Instagram. So as our head of social, head of Instagram girl, I want to know, is it possible, in your opinion, to grow organically on Instagram? And if so, how? Yeah, so... Absolutely. I <laughs> mean, yes. we wouldn't have jobs if it wasn't, yeah. if we weren't able to grow. <laughs> That's a great point, actually. Great way to answer that question. Yeah. I think the key is patience. It's mm-hmm. it's very much a slow and steady wins the race situation yeah. with organic social media. And I think if you're a business and you're expecting this like quick, hard and fast viral growth on Instagram – these days, it's it's just so unlikely to happen. I think mm. platforms like TikTok are kind of filling that void a little bit. So yeah. it is definitely possible. But I think m- more often than not, you sort of need to commit and sustainably build your following, build your audience. Yeah. It's not an overnight thing. It's not an overnight thing. No. And I think if you do talk to an agency and they sort of promise you this hard and fast like we will increase your followers by 10,000 people mm. in x amount of time I think you're asking for trouble like it's, <laughs> Agree. it's yeah I don't think that's the way mm. at jam-packed we really really focus on posting content that is deeply useful and relevant to our clients audiences yeah and I guarantee if you do that that is where you'll see your growth totally In terms of little growth hacks, I think the best one at the time of recording because (laughs) it moves so fast, it's still reels. I'd say reels are the Mm go-to. Good quality reel content is super engaging for your audience. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And reels grew jam-packed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when we had a few of those viral reels and that was when we scaled the quickest? Yeah. It was just before I joined. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So So we scaled so much we needed you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for that. (laughs) Real got you your job. (laughs) So we've touched on reels and reels are definitely one of the most powerful tools on Instagram for organic growth Mm -hmm. right now, if you do them right. What would be your top tips on creating reels that will actually generate engagement for you? Yeah, it's a good question. I think... It's such a contentious issue. Mm. Everyone has an opinion on what works best, Mm -hmm. what the secret is, how many hashtags do you use, Mm. do you use trending audio? You know, every so often you see those posts pop up like, avoid trending audio, and then in the next breath you'll see another one that's (laughs) like, make sure you're always using trending audio. Mm. So I I think what you need to do is focus on who are you speaking to and why. Mm. I I believe in trending audio. I think using it when it's appropriate, yep. using relevant hashtags. I wouldn't say your reels need to look really polished and professional. Yep. I think people do really engage with what is clearly like authentic mm. content. So I don't think you generally need to have this like super clear, perfect video. Yeah. But in saying that, if you have audio that's really dodgy and mm. grainy, I think that people switch off straight away. Totally. So if you're doing like a voiceover, for example, Mm. make it as clear as you can. Mm. I think trending audio trends for a reason. I think it's clearly resonating with people. It's catchy. Mm. So I think it's worth using if it it works for you. Obviously, if it's not appropriate for your brand, Mm. don't do that. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And I think if you can turn your reels into a series – 
that's always really good. Yeah, we've done that for a few of our clients and that's done we well. Have. Yes. yes. If you can find a topic that your audience really resonates with and you can turn it into a series, mm, do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I love those tips. So reels are obviously taking a lot of the hype on Instagram right now, but what ever happened to the good old static <laughs> post? I love a good static post. Do you think they're still worth doing? Do they still drive engagement? Oh, the good old static post. <laughs> God love them. Yeah, no, we definitely still have room for the static post, yeah. a cheeky static post here and there. I think they definitely still have a place. Mm. I am extremely partial to a carousel myself. Yes. So it's kind point. of, yeah, it's kind of like a marriage between mm. a reel and a static post in a way because yep. it's it's just a bit more interactive. Yeah. And I, I know we talk about this a lot, but your audience do get a second chance, sometimes a third, to see your content if you post a carousel. Yes. So if they scroll past the first image, you often get, another go in the algorithm with yep. the next image. So I think that in itself is so valuable. Yep. You don't get that with reels. So totally. I think, yeah, static posts still have a time and a place. Mm. Definitely still worth yeah. doing. For those who are listening and don't know what a carousel post is, what is it? So you know when you're on Instagram and there is multiple posts and you sort of can swipe through mm. and it's like a slideshow. Yeah. That's a carousel okay. post. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think carousel posts are powerful because, as you said, if I scroll past your post and the first photo doesn't grab my attention, mm. it, usually the next time I jump into Instagram, it'll be the second photo along that shows up in my feed. Yeah. And what I've have noticed as well is that with carousel posts if somebody simply just swipes on your carousel that actually counts as an engagement and will send a message to the algorithm gods that (laughs) you have engaged with that post even if they don't like comment share Mm. on the post so you're naturally going to increase your engagement and increase your impressions with carousel posts without even needing to do much except have more than one image on there so that's a great tip exactly and i think too a hot tip as well is to be really strategic with which images Mm. you put in the first three of your carousel Mm. for that reason. Because if you get the second chance, you want your strongest performing ones at the start. So something we think about a lot for our clients. That's a great tip. What about Instagram stories? Are they still worth having a strategy for and what kind of content do you find works best on there? Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, if my own Instagram consumption is anything to go by, (laughs) then yes, they're super important because I don't know about you, but I spend like 90% of my time scrolling Instagram on stories. I think because the stories algorithm is better Mm -hmm. than the feed algorithm at the moment. I agree. So, I find the people I actually care about are at the start. Mm. So, I think... Yeah, it's really powerful in that way. And it means that the people who are watching your stories, they're your best Mm. audience. Yes. Because they're the most engaged with you because, yeah, you're showing up first for them. Yeah. That's a great point. You can put a link. Yes. Put a link in the caption. (laughs) Instagram, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. Uh, (laughs) Big gem activist. Please, can you add? (laughs) Links. Give us links in the captions of grid posts, please. Thank you. Yeah. So... I guess as with any content on social media, I think the key to a good Instagram story is often humanising that content and telling a story. Mm. Like we said before, whether it's like a series that you Mm. start doing, people start to expect that content from you. Yeah, so I think as with anything in marketing, what is likely to 
perform best really depends on who your audience is. Yeah. So I think your best Instagram stories are going to really depend on who you're talking to. Totally. But I think my main tip would be stories that look native to the platform often perform really well. Yes. We also still are finding that things like polls and like question boxes, any interactive stickers are still performing really yeah. well. They vary. You can yes. tell, you know, you can tell in the algorithm when they're having their time in the sun again. Mm. But I think, like you said, with the carousels, that clicking that anything on an interactive sticker counts as an interaction. So totally. that's flagging to Instagram that that content is valuable to mm. you. So yeah, I think stories are very, very powerful. Yeah. I love stories for the reason that they allow businesses and yeah, even personal accounts and personal brands to be quite spontaneous with their content. Yes. And that is what we should be using social media for is not all, it doesn't need to all be completely spontaneous. Obviously there needs to be a strategy in place and a plan, but stories especially is where you can bring Mm. that spontaneity to your content. And that's what humanizes your brand on a whole other level when they get an insight into who you are, what you're doing, what's it like to pack an order, what clients are you meeting up with today. Mm. People love following along with that stuff. I find I get the most engagement personally on our stories in terms of just sparking up conversations with people definitely and that kind of thing definitely and don't you feel like people just love a sticky beak like they love to just (laughs) have a look like if you can show behind the scenes content Mm. it's always going to perform well because people are curious Mm. yeah they want to see um so they love like behind the scenes content and like yeah taking them along for the journey yeah exactly yeah so I love that you touched on humanizing content. Mm. I think humanizing the content of our clients is something we have always been passionate about, borderline <laughs> preachy about at Jam Packed. What does humanized content mean to you? Like we were just saying, I think it's all about storytelling and people love a sticky beak. So mm. if you think about vlogs on YouTube, Vlogs have been around since the dawn of time. Like they are so popular so consistently. Mm. And why is that? It's because people love to see other humans. They love to see their experiences, their opinions, their day-to-day. I think people are just curious. Mm. I think when you are humanizing your content, you're feeding that curiosity. Yeah. And I think as a customer, when you're just continually being sold to as Mm. opposed to told a story and brought along for the ride Mm. I think you just automatically switch off totally obviously there's a time and a place for selling Mm. it's so important in so many ways but if that's all you're providing to your audience I think it's in these days it's just not going to cut it totally so I think it's just this really relatable human content and reminding people that behind a brand Mm. is people Mm. and it's just so powerful totally I think when brands and business owners and account managers make that mindset shift from, okay, Mm. I'm using Instagram to sell my product or service from, I want to use Instagram to connect with my audience Mm. on a personal level. That is when you actually see the sales come through and actually see the results and yeah, the fruits of your labor (laughs) on Instagram come through when you shift your mindset and start thinking, how can I connect with these people on a personal and emotional level? How do I want to make my audience feel or how do they Mm. currently feel and speaking to that, yeah, that's when you see results, not when you're selling, selling, selling. Exactly. Mm. So that takes me nicely into my next question, which is what would be your advice for someone who is ready to innovate their Instagram strategy and start to bring more of that human approach to their messaging? Where, where can they start with that? 
Yeah, I think you need to really ask yourself, who are my audience? Mm-hmm. And it comes back to that classic marketing 101 of who are they, what excites them, what interests them, mm. what are their pain points, how can I create less friction in their life, and, yeah, what value can I bring to them? Totally. And working backwards from there. Mm. So, for example, if you are, like, a natural skincare brand, obviously your audience are wanting clear, healthy, glowing skin. Yeah. So if you work back from that and think, so knowing that piece of information, what is going to be the most valuable for them? Mm. So maybe you've gone on your own journey with acne and that's what led you to start the business. So obviously they're going to find that interesting. Mm. If you are giving before and after sort of case studies on people who it's worked for, like it's seeing other humans and how it's impacted them. Totally. I love what you just said about, yeah, just tapping into how they feel because I think a lot of people when they're trying to think, okay, how can I deliver Mm. value to my audience? The first thing that we go to, and it's not a bad thing, but the first thing that we go to is education. So say, Mm. for example, you have a skincare brand. The first thing that people go to when they think of value is, okay, I'll educate them on skincare and how Mm. to look after your skin and three tips for your morning skincare routine. That's great. But another thing that I think is often overlooked is validating how your audience feels Mm. and putting out content that they can actually relate to. So the before and afters that you've just mentioned, that is validating and relatable because your audience will see that and know what it feels like to be the before exactly, and yeah, long for the after. So I love that. I think it's a a great idea. You manage some clients from really niche industries where extensive research is involved before putting (laughs) together content schedules. It's a lot of pressure. We've had many conversations about this to be consistently creative. I want to know what do you do when your creativity feels low? Mm, we absolutely do. There's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of variety yeah. in our client portfolio. Mm. To boost my creativity, I would say the first place I always go is the insights. Yeah. I want to know the data. Yeah. So what have we done in the past that's performed well and mm. why? Yeah. So I love just drawing back on that and thinking, like taking a moment to reflect and going, what was it about that piece of content that people engaged with Mm. and taking the essence of it to create something new? Totally. So I love doing that. Similarly, if you can just take a step back and look at it with a fresh set of eyes as best you can, because I think something I love about us is that we have this really long-term client retention, which is so rewarding. And it's Mm. one of the best things that I I love so much about our jobs. Mm. But at the same time, if you're writing content for the same brand for years and years and years, you really need that boost of creativity. Totally. So I think if you can step back as much as you can, try and look at it with a fresh set of eyes and think, if I was to need a chainsaw <laughs> today, what would I need to know? Yep. What would be value, mm. valuable to me? So I think that is really helpful. And similarly, this is what's so good about working in an agency with a group of talented humans is that you can get an actual fresh set of eyes, one yep. of the other girls to step in and say, okay, can you just go in completely blind and tell me if you were this customer, mm. what would be important to you? Because yeah. I think when you work with freelancers and that kind of thing, obviously there's pros and cons, but mm. when you work with an agency like us, you get access to all of our brains totally. and we all have different 
skills, different special interests, and that helps us build these mm. really holistic, rich strategies for totally, clients. Totally. So, yeah, I think when you need to boost your creativity, it's nice to bounce off mm. someone else. Yeah. I love that answer. <laughs> Nothing to add there. <laughs> okay. I feel like we've covered Instagram really well. I bet you will launch this episode next week and there'll already be changes and we'll need to re-record. No. Uh, that was all amazing advice. I want to take it back to Jam-Packed and ask you where you see Jam-Packed going in the next few years now that we've rebranded or we're going to rebrand this Saturday at the time of recording. Oh, so exciting. This is such a timely question because mm. we're like in a bit of a growth period right mm. now, aren't yep. we? So when I look ahead, I really like what I see. Yay. I think we're headed in such a good direction mm. and I think we just – yeah, we're we're growing really like slowly and sustainably, and I think that's a lesson that we've really like learnt mm. and we've taken on board, and it's just so nice to reap the rewards of that. Totally. So when I look ahead, I see us surrounded by even more talented, delightful mm. humans, mm. and just forever honing our craft. Like I think we've already touched on today, it's an industry that's always changing. Yeah. So. I think we're just going to keep getting better and better, more agile, mm. adapting as things come, mm. and just, yeah, getting stronger and stronger. So, totally. yeah, it's super exciting. Good things coming. Good things coming. Watch this space. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I would love to ask you this oh, question. okay. <laughs> Putting me on the spot <laughs> here. the switch. I feel like you have the strongest vision, of mm. course. It makes sense yeah. out of everyone. So, Yeah, I think, as you said, we're in a period of growth right now, and I think We've gotten to the point now where our client retention is so strong. We mm. have the strongest relationships that we've ever had with our clients and we've worked really hard to get to that point. I'm so mm. proud of that. So I feel like the growth has almost been, it's not that we haven't grown, but it's almost been a lot, it's been deliberately slower over the mm. last year because mm. I really wanted to hone in on our systems, hone in on our client retention, hone in on our people and how we service clients so that when we grow, we've got the systems and the people and the processes to support that growth mm, in a mm. way that feels good and not stressful. So yep. if another client is coming on, you're not thinking, oh my God, how am I going <laughs> to make room for this? Yep. It's, you know, you've got the systems there to back mm. you up. So I think, yeah, now we're at a unique spot where We've got the systems ready and now we are ready for a little bit of growth. But as mm. you said, I want it to be really sustainable and slow. I've gone through such a, a mindset shift over the year, over the last year yeah. with how much I want to grow though, yep. because I've had a taste of what it's like to have a bigger team. Like we've obviously in the last year scaled up and mm. then we scaled down. So mm. we scaled up to, I think we were a team of eight or nine, mm. I think we were nine. Yeah. We had a little taste test for a mm. minute there. Yep. And- there was pros and cons to it, but mm. now that we've scaled back down, we're back down to five, I just feel a lot more comfortable when we're growing at that slower rate yeah. instead of having this fast-growing team. Yeah. So I think my my vision has changed literally in the last six months from a, I did want a team of probably like 20. Yep. And then now I'm back to, okay, max 10. Yeah. Max 10. I'm happy. <laughs> Cut it in half. Yeah. yeah. But even, even if the business stayed the exact same that it is right now with the same size people, yep. I think I'd be really happy with that as well. Yeah. And that's such a rewarding feeling to kind of get to a point where you're like, if this was what it was like forever, I'd be really happy. Mm. But that said, growth is something that 
excites me. It's mm. one of my values, I'd say, is growth. So yeah. I think for me to stay passionate about what I'm doing, we do need to have an element of growth in what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be growth in size. It doesn't need to be growth in numbers. It can just be growth in our systems, our people, our services that we provide, that yeah. kind of thing. So yeah. I think we've done this internal rebrand of going from social media agency to digital marketing agency. And I just see us expanding that mm. over the next few years yeah. and gradually building our team, working with clients that we have beautiful, strong relationships with. And yeah, just having yes. a fun time. <laughs> I totally agree. And I think too, like you've just mentioned, like just because it's not um, growing our portfolio, it doesn't mean we're not growing. Yeah. So I actually think even though, like you said, our team has scaled back and that kind of thing over the last few months, mm. I feel like we've grown so in much regardless. Yeah, mm. in other ways. Mm. And yeah, I think that's such a great thing. Totally. Because it sort of builds those foundations for, mm. for future us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, I'm so you. proud of you and everything that you've brought to this business over the last few years. So having you come on here has felt really special. Oh, thank you. It's been delightful. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on pretty much every social media platform that there is. My favorites at the moment are TikTok, Instagram, and LinkedIn. But otherwise, I will catch you in next week's episode. Bye.